welcome to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines, changing the conversation around divorce. This show is sponsored by Penguin in the Room. Penguin in the Room is an award-winning arts, marketing and social media management company. If you want to jazz up your socials and have someone Instagram and tweet for you, then here's your answer. Go to www.penguinintheroom.com. As always, hit subscribe to make sure you're updated about new episodes. And we love to hear from you on social media at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. You can also email us all the infos on our website, thedivorcesocial.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. After 10 series of The Divorce Social, this is our first anonymous episode. We've kept the guest anonymous because she's currently going through a divorce, which also affects her status living in the UK. So she could be sent back to her home country where the freedoms and rights that she has would be very different from in the UK. So it's a really interesting story. And I'm really glad that she was happy to share this with us because a lot of people are going through this situation. You know, not only do they have to make the decision to get a divorce, there's the added pressure of possibly being deported from the country. So this is a really interesting story and I'm really glad that she came on the podcast to tell it. I am joined by our first anonymous guest on The Divorce Social, and we're keeping you anonymous for legal reasons. But welcome to The Divorce Social. Thank you very much. How does it feel being welcomed onto The Divorce Social? Oh, well, first of all, I was just about to say my name because it just feels natural. I've never I've never had to do anything um, anonymously. So that's something on its own. But also, oh, my God, yeah, it's called Divorce Social. Uh, I didn't think I would be here by the age of 30, but hey, here we are. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, we met recently and I didn't know you were divorced. And then we were sort of having a conversation and it just came out, obviously, because I talk about my divorce. But you have quite an interesting story. So how did the whole divorce proceedings start with you just to clarify also i'm still going through it <laughs> it's not finalized which is 
really interesting because I don't know how it's going to end up and where I'm going to be in by the end of this year. But yeah, so I initially got married 20... I forgot when I got married. It's a good sign that... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I could never remember when I got married either. I was always like, a while ago. Yeah, well, lockdown and COVID is our milestone now to identify by. I got married a year before lockdown and I moved country for that. And um, I left my entire family, country, work, everything uh, behind to live here with my partner and initially obviously we'd never lived together before because where I come from men and women are not allowed to live together until they're married so as soon as I moved here to the UK there we are we were living together and then got a letter from the home office saying I had a very certain specific amount of time uh, for us to either get married or I need to leave the country. I mean, we were planning to get married anyways, but that kind of put a pressure on us to do it quickly. So within 48 hours of time, we went and got married. <laughs> wow, um, 48 hours. Yes, I uh, I ordered my dress online. It arrived the next day. And... <laughs> Like on the wedding day, I actually had, I forgot to even iron it. It had like the folding, uh, what do you call it, crest on it. Creases, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's quite funny. It was a fun wedding. It was quite small. All friends, just mainly his friends, because obviously my family couldn't make it within 48 hours. Um, <laughs> and then comes lockdown, which meant that we spent time together for way more than we needed to um suddenly from like going from a long distance relationship to being together 24 7 none of us working just on top of each other the whole time it was really really intense we none of us knew how to deal with it and that sort of like affected our relationship in a big way I believe um we got to a conclusion where we both realized this wasn't working which was really scary moment to be like oh that was not expected I didn't think one day we'd or so soon we'd be like oh this isn't working also if it isn't working then what because I've just left my entire country home family to come live here with you and I've been through so many processes of like lawyers payments home office it's been so intense and suddenly after a year, it's like, none of that matters. So I guess it got to a point where like, okay, what are we going to do? We both did not know what to do. But all we knew is that we couldn't be in the same house anymore. So I, I moved out. This was a breakup. And I the current state is that I'm still speaking to lawyers. I am uh, sorting out my visa situation. It's been... It's going to be five years in December since I've moved to the UK. So there is a chance I can stay. (laughs) I don't know. I basically don't know. And uh, if I'm honest, my partner, my ex-partner has been quite nice about not, you know, going, reporting me to the home office saying, oh, by the way, we're not together anymore. She needs to leave or anything. He's, He's definitely not done that. He's just saying, you do what you need to do. 
And I believe I've come to a point where I realized my chances are I either need to get a full-time job that will sponsor me or, uh, yeah, just try my luck. <laughs> and, you know, the UK rules and regulations, that is a really rare thing. And it's really, really difficult to convince the home office why I should be staying here, even though I've been paying my taxes and I've, I do not have any criminal records. <laughs> I've been a good uh, immigrant. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, that is a lot of pressure on your divorce yeah. and relationship, actually. Because obviously you said where you come from, you know, you wouldn't live with a man before you were married to them. So obviously mm-hmm. it's a very different culture. Yeah. What what would it feel like having lived in the UK for five years and then having to go back home? Yeah, well, that's another thing. Like, um, obviously, my sisters all know that I'm married to this man, but I have a very traditional mother, and uh, she would never, <laughs> she would never accept the way I live. So, going back to a normal life is not an option. <laughs> I'd have to find a way to live sort of on my own, away from my the traditional side of my family. Yeah, if I'm honest, my mom never knew that I got married to an Englishman. <laughs> what does she think you've been doing, just living here? Yeah, well, just I just living here because in her head that is a red line, like to marry someone outside your culture, outside your religion. It's just a no go. She would never accept it. But all my sisters know, and they've been very supportive um, of the whole situation. But yet again, if I do go back home, it means I will see my mom. I will be around her. And uh, eventually she will try to get me to marry someone more local, (laughs) which is not going to happen. That on its own makes life really, really difficult for me because I also do love the freedom of living in the UK. It's just, um, you know, as a woman, when you realise you can have this life in the UK, it's really hard to go back and accept and be normal in the previous life. Also now I'm seeing someone else in the UK. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you said the freedom. What exactly is, is there like in comparison, like what can you do in the UK apart from live with a man that you're not married to that you couldn't do at home? in your previous life? When I say freedom, I do think I'm thinking about simple stuff as in me being on my bike cycling around as a woman without having to worry, oh, what's going to happen? People see me on a bike (laughs) or in the summer wearing shorts and not having to worry, like people are going to look at you, say something, going out with male and female friends at any time of the day without having having to ask for permission of someone not having a curfew. It's just, it's really simple things that really shouldn't matter. But I feel like when you don't have to think about these small things, you end up creating bigger things, if you know what I mean. Like if I don't have to, on my day-to-day life, start having to think about what's everyone going to think of me if I do this? Do I need to ask to go to this place who am I hanging out with then my focus is going to be on making bigger things on writing on creating something bigger but back at home that part of me sort of dies because I need to think about things that don't matter like oh 
is that okay with my family? Can I go out at this time? Can I dress like this? Or do I have to get a car in order to get to a place? I can't ride a bike. All these little things that really shouldn't matter does take away from your creativity. And I believe that is when I feel like my mind is not free. And when your mind is not free, you can't create more. You can't you can't be yourself. And it just takes away from what I want to do, which is like creative stuff. That's why going back home for me sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> and if I do, I'd have to live somewhere very separate and isolated. <laughs> um, but I do saying that I do go back every now and then for work or to see my family, to just reconnect to where I'm from. And that for a certain time is nice. <laughs> After a few weeks, I'm like, right, take me back to London. <laughs> I mean, you're saying there are only small things, but I don't know how I could cope with that. And it must affect your mental health, like having to ask for permission all the time, because it means that you can't focus on just being you and doing what you want to do. Absolutely. That's why I got in so much trouble when I was back at home. I was seen as a... Uh, as a rebel of my family, as uh, the not very good girl. <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't do anything bad. At least I'd like to think I didn't do anything bad. But uh, it's just uh, all these uh, little things that matters in smaller communities that some of us get to a point in life. It's like, I want to do something bigger. These things are nothing. I want to shift my focus. And this is why I've enjoyed in London, like, Really, no one cares what you're wearing, what time you get out, get back, do eat, who you hang out with. That is something you can get used to very easily, very quickly. And there's no way to go back to be like, all right, yeah, I'll be fine with the life I had before. Five years was good enough. No way. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Now you're saying all of that, you know, those are things I never even consider having been born in the UK and lived here, you know, that I would That's have nice. to. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I can see when you said freedom, that it is freedom compared to your life before. I, if I'm honest, it, it's really funny because sometimes when I speak about these things, a lot of people are like, so was your marriage a sham marriage? Is that what you came here for? I was like, no, I didn't know that's what I was going to get. <laughs> and now that I have it, I just can't let go of it. I love it so much. But it does make a lot of people think that it was one of those sham marriages. But really, before coming to the UK, I didn't even know these things exist. I'd not been to Europe or anywhere else to just have that sense of what life can be like. So... Did you ever consider just not necessarily staying with your partner, but staying married just to stay in the country? I did. I did. Like, and that was just last year because it got really, really scary for me when I moved out of the house. That was my lowest point because I'd never lived on my own and I just didn't know how to sort of like live my life and it got really really scary I didn't have many friends and it just I kept on meeting up with my partner just like I needed that comfort he was again my a big part of my life 
And then I got to a point, I was like, oh, maybe we can try, we can get back together. But then when I was on my own, I realized the reason I wanted us to make work was because deep down I wanted to stay in the country. And my fear was having to leave, leave all this behind. And I've built a career here, uh, which I couldn't have built back at home um, as a woman. So I thought I was trying to make our marriage work for a while, but I think I was just scared to lose what I've built here. I had to be honest with myself, be like, I think I'm trying to stay in the country. So I did tell my partner, I thought I was like, I'm, I'm trying to make the marriage work, but I wasn't, I was trying to stay in the country because I'm scared of leaving, which is not nice, but I had to be honest. And if I'm honest, he is in the same situation. He always tells me like, you've built so much since you arrived here. You've done so well. It would be ridiculous for you to just leave all that behind. It's not fair. So that is nice that he sees that part of the story as well. But it does feel a little bit selfish of me to be like, yeah, I want to stay and not be with you. <laughs> it's really complicated. <laughs> I don't think that sounds selfish at all. I think, you know, so it's such a big decision to leave a relationship and a marriage and get divorced anyway. And then you've got the added pressure of like, if you do make that decision, it might mean that, you know, you lose a life here that you've built up over five years and get sent back to your country. So it's like added pressure. So the courage of making that decision in the first place. And then also, again, when you tried to make it work, but then you could be honest with yourself and with your partner and say, no, this isn't what I want. This is because I'm scared of leaving the country. I think it's, it's incredibly brave. I don't know if I would have been able to do that. Yeah, my friends sometimes tell me, I don't know how you're able to cope with the whole situation. Sometimes I just, yeah, I, I have to remind myself, you know, what the last five years has been about. I left my home country career job, got married, separated. Now I'm living in the UK on my own, something I've never done. Yeah, it's been quite fast. <laughs> yeah, a lot has happened. <laughs> a lot has happened in the last five years. And I just want to go back and because obviously you said your mum doesn't know that mm -hmm. you married an Englishman. And, you know, for me, when I got divorced, I think my mum was such a support for me during that time. And I like went and cried on her floor and all of that. So what's it like, you know, going through a really difficult time, like a divorce and not having your mum, because not only is she in a different country, but she doesn't know the situation. I listened to that episode where you said you cried on your mum's floor. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I was in the shower listening to it and I actually started crying. I'm sorry for making like, you cry. I was like, I want a floor. <laughs> <laughs> I want a floor to cry on. I think it's very, very, very difficult, obviously, but it does make it a little bit easier that I've never had a good relationship with my mom, but it doesn't mean I don't need someone else in my life, like my sisters to be there, my friends to be there when I'm going through all of this um my friends are there and they do listen but I think it does get to a point where the whole divorce process and situation becomes like really paperwork yeah <laughs> I hate 
I hate the fact that it's just like it feels like admin. It feels like if you don't get these things done on time and don't keep pushing, then you will remain in that period of like, oh, I'm getting divorced for so long. And that's I feel like that is the worst part of it. Like if you've made the decision, a conscious decision that this isn't working, even though it's hard, I feel like it's nicer to just get it done, strip yourself away from it and just start again. Um, so I'm trying as hard as it is, as, as much as every now and then I do feel like I'm going to break down, but I'm trying to strip away all the emotions that's attached to getting a divorce and just treat it like a it's admin work. And I'm not always successful. Every now and then I fail. I sit there and cry for hours. <laughs> but if I don't do that, then I'm going to get caught off guard and and it's not going to be nice. It's going to be worse. And I think last year it was impossible for me to start the process. Every time I looked at it, I felt it made me feel sick and I just cried for hours and I would go see my ex-partner. I was like, what the hell? I can't do this. But this year has been a bit more, I don't know, I, I've started treated to treat it a bit more like a, like it has to be done. It's paperwork. I got to do it. But it, it does take time to get to that stage. I think last year, February until November, I couldn't. I, it was impossible. I was just like, no way. And then I left. I left the country for three months. I went home away. I just made myself really, 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 really busy with work. I just had to get out of that space mentally. And then when I got back, I was like, right, now I'm a big girl. <laughs> and I'm, I feel like an adult. <laughs> I gotta get this done and then I started the process slowly emailing lawyers sort of like hey by the way telling the lawyers I know what you're gonna say but this is the situation and lawyers absolutely love it don't they and they're <laughs> like okay yeah I <laughs> they're like I can help you it's gonna cost you that much it's gonna cost you and everything you, you earn but I can help yeah. you yeah yeah, basically all your limbs, anything you have. <laughs> and then they also tell you um, it might not work. So this is where I'm at at the moment, just uh, sweetening uh, things with lawyers and trying to find a job that will sponsor me. That's another thing I actually wanted to tell you about, you know, to get a job, a full-time job, which I never want to do because I'm a creative person. <laughs> I want to do my own things, um, but sadly, I do have to get a job that will sponsor me. But every time I go into an application, job application, and try and apply, they ask you, do you have the right to work in the UK? And I do, yes. And then they ask you, do you think you might need a sponsorship visa in the next couple of years? And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> they know exactly what. It's like they know it. They know this is happening. This must be happening with so many people. And I'm yeah. like, if I say yes, does that take away uh, from my chances of getting accepted for that job? And if I say no, in a couple of years when I'll be like, hello, I might need a sponsorship. 
Yeah. <laughs> Will they be like, why did you apply? <laughs> it is very hard to sort of navigate and understand what their intentions are by asking that question. Because what I'm not sure what sponsorship entails. Do they have to pay anything or do they just say she's working for us and so she's so they adding do have to the economy? To... Well, I am adding to the economy and I've been paying all my taxes. However, when a company does sponsor you, they do have to pay like a, an annual fee. And it's really not that much for a company. For an individual, it might be a bit, but for a company, I would say it's not that much. But still, so many companies, just every single job I'm applying for, they ask that question and I'm like, I just want to understand what the intention is behind it. Is it really to have a diverse team and trying to help someone with a sponsorship? Or is it really to be like, oh, oh, I don't want to get to that territory. I don't want to have to sponsor someone and run away. It's hard. I want to, I want to think. That well, I was going to say, I, I think it's them going, okay, we're going to have to pay extra money. But it's yeah. so interesting that that is on forms. Because I, you know, I'd never noticed that. So many, so many, like every time I apply. And then I, with my friends, I sent a screenshot to my friends and I said, do any of you see this as well? Have you come across something like this? And what do you think is happening? And obviously a couple of my friends are in managerial roles where they have to hire people as well. And one of them said, yeah, that's normal. That's just standard to understand what the company needs to do when you're hiring a person who needs a sponsorship. I just feel like, I don't know, maybe I've got trust issues. <laughs> I just feel like it's more than that. Uh, I'd be the same. I'd be like, why yeah. do they want to know this information? Also, can I say, no, I'm fine. I don't need a visa. And then, <laughs> and then make myself, you know, irreplaceable until they give me one. I'm joking. But, you know, I have thought about it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a hard, it's like the chicken and the egg, isn't it? It's such a hard situation. Yeah, it's not black and white. It's uh, you never know. So not only are you dealing with divorce admin, you're also dealing with like job and visa admin. It's all connected to each other. That's why, like, if I get a job that helps me stay in the UK, then the divorce will be much easier. <laughs> I'm... Bless him, my ex-partner as well. Sometimes I see him and I bump into him. I know he wants to go on with his life, but he also doesn't want to put any pressure on me. But it's hard for him also to be in the dating world, to just say, yeah, well, my ex-wife and I are still together. We're waiting for her to sort out our visa. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ding dong. It's the ad break. This podcast is sponsored by Penguin in the Room, an award-winning company that can manage your business's social media. They even manage our podcast, Instagram and Twitter. Just email info at penguinintheroom.com for a quote. Also, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can by buying merchandise from our website, www.thedivorcesocial.com. Ding dong. And what about you in the dating world? Well, since my ex-partner and I separated, I really wasn't ready to date anyone, to see anyone. Also, like, well, maybe, maybe I can see people. I felt like, but then what do I say? Hey, by the way, this is my situation and it's probably way too complicated for you to even understand it. Do you think you can deal with it? (laughs) And there's been quite a few really funny times where the guy has been like yeah I don't think my brain can comprehend that sorry it's not for me I'd be like great <laughs> I thought so as awesome. well awesome I I wasn't expecting to really understand and be like yeah <laughs> sure we can make it work when do you tell someone about it like is it first date or like before you meet them on an app or do you wait a few dates in so this is a Another thing, like, well, I never went on the apps. I've got severe trust issues. <laughs> but I feel like it has to be the first date. Because imagine you don't do it on the first date. And the second date you go out, third date or whatever. And you kind of like seeing each other. And then you drop the bomb. Be like, by the way, <laughs> I know you kind of like me. So I feel like I should tell you this. But then also when you tell them on the first date, it's a bit intense, it's a bit too much. So that's why I like, I was like, right, dating is not for me. The more I have to explain to this to people and the more I see the faces where they're like in a big shock, the more I realize the shit state my life is in. (laughs) No, I think it's just something that you might not expect on a first date. But it's like, you know, when I was dating and telling people I was divorced. Because I was, you know, in my early 30s, people didn't necessarily expect it. And then they'd be really shocked and like not know what to do with the information. When I tell people as well, I've been married and in the process of divorce, they're like, when? (laughs) When you look young, I'm like, yeah, (laughs) things happen fast. But I didn't think this would happen. I always thought I was going to be one of those people who would get married once and forever. And I wanted to be that person because obviously everyone around me in my family was that person I don't know the details of their happiness but there wasn't a lot of divorces happening where I grew up no separations at all did you Um, know anyone who's been divorced before you no 
So that, again, must have been a big step when you're making that decision because you've got like no, I don't know, route map to follow or like, well, my friend did this and then they were okay. You know, it's a leap into the unknown. It's so true. Like, I wish it's sadly, I don't know anyone before me who was divorced. <laughs> and it, like, I wish someone was happily divorced and could tell me what route to go. But I honestly, I didn't know a single person because no one in my family from back home was divorced. And I didn't know many people here. So I was the first person sort of had to figure it out on my own. But all I knew was that our relationship was not working. Something was dead and I couldn't be in there. I had to be honest with the way I felt like living in the same house with someone that didn't feel right. It felt suffocating. So whatever the consequences were, even if I got deported or I don't know, and my family, my mom eventually knew about it or something happened, I couldn't think of the consequences or I couldn't care about the consequences because the feeling of living with someone that didn't feel right was way, way bigger than the consequences and it felt suffocating. I just had to get out, get out first and then think of what to do. And it's, it's amazing that you've stayed so true to yourself and dealt with so much on your own in a country where you didn't know anyone. I do think maybe I will become um, a divorce advisor. <laughs> well, that would be a great full-time job and presumably they'd sponsor you because that would be the point of the job. You would be surprised how many people there are when I, because all I had was Google, right, on my own. And I would go online just looking at forums and what people do. I couldn't ask people. Also, it's a bit scary. It's the reason why I'm anonymous on this podcast. It's like, who is listening? Who knows me? Who knows what I'm going through? Um, also, so when I was going through the forums, so many people, so many people are going through it. And unless... It's a, like you can prove that it's a domestic abuse or a really severe case. You do get deported. So a lot of people are like, but it's a marriage just like every other marriage. It's not working. Yeah. Like not not every other marriage, but, you know, like every other marriage that doesn't work. Yeah. 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 It, how can you expect those marriages who are, you know, with, with a partner from abroad that involves a sponsorship visa to work perfectly just because you're sponsoring someone before that sponsorship it's a marriage and it can break down and that in sponsored marriages is just not an option so a lot of down. people are trapped in that a lot of situation. a lot a lot it's it's quite shocking to know how many people there are out there who are trapped in the situation and some of whom, you know, just happily go back to their hometown because they're from Australia or Europe somewhere or, you know, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. But some of us don't want to go back. Yeah. Because it's bad. Bad at home. So some of, yeah, some of them happily just go like, oh, well, it didn't work. So I'm going to go back home, go back to Australia or Spain or whatever. But there is a lot of people who come from countries where they don't want to go back as well. And I know it's not over for you and you're still in 
you know, the process of all the divorce admin and all the home office stuff. Mm. But do you feel proud of yourself that you've made these decisions and that you're trying? Yeah, absolutely. I feel very proud of myself because I could have stayed in that marriage and made it easy for myself to just make it to five years and remain in the UK forever. I only needed one more year, but it just felt very dishonest. And a lot of people have genuinely asked me saying, could you not have stayed in the marriage to just make sure your visa situation is sorted? It's just a year and a half until you can stay forever. And I say a year and a half, like, of lying is a lot. (laughs) Yeah, every day. Yeah, I'm not a saint, but that is also very dishonest. I just can't do that to my partner. Just because our marriage did not work out, it doesn't mean I don't love him. I absolutely love him. He is, you know, a huge part of my life. We're friends. And I just couldn't be dishonest with him about that. That is the part where I'm like, I'm proud. Regardless of what happens, I (laughs) made my decision. I was honest with myself and with my partner. And you are seeing someone new. Yes. And presumably they know the situation because you tell people on the first date. How did they react? Were they just like, okay, sure. It's actually really interesting because the person I'm seeing did know me before all that situation. And then when he kind of found out that my partner and I had separated and that's how we went out. So he he already knew about my marriage, which Useful. made it quite, yes, it, it made it a lot easier. And he is the most understanding, the nicest person about all that situation. Um, it's nice to be able to honest with him as well when he asks, oh, what are you going to do? Do you think, you know, he asks about the process and uh, things that I need to do in order to remain in the UK. And it's hard because it involves him as well. Like if I suddenly end up having to go back and then what? It's not nice for either of us. But yeah, it did make it easy for him to know my past and my life before before any of this happened. So I didn't have to be like, by the way, I've been married for a couple of years. And do you ever think of saying to him, should we just get married? Because that will solve everything. Oh my God. (laughs) Or are you like, no, I don't want to get married again. No, I do. I do want to. I don't dislike marriage, but I don't want to get married for having to stay again. Yeah. The first time around I got married because the home office told me, told us that I'd have to go home or get married and it didn't give us any space of like to understand what it's like to to live together and sort of date each other in the same city in the same country with freedom we went straight into marriage and I don't want to repeat that otherwise I am not against marriage I'm all for it like if people want to get married they do but yeah I just want to do it for for the right reason this time in my own pace and I want to get a better dress and invite my family to. Yeah. Oh, I hope you get that. And I really hope it all works out. What's the dream scenario for you? Let's manifest it. Let's manifest it. Okay. Oh. 
the dream scenario is for me to be able to find a job that I'm proud of doing, but also helps me to stay. That doesn't make me feel like I owe them. That helps me feel like I bring as much into the company as they give me. And to basically remain in the UK, do what I love doing in my career and be able to every now and then go home, work, see my sisters. It sounds simple, but... (laughs) No, it sounds perfect. I really hope you get it. And I guess if anyone's listening and they want to email me with job offers for you, that's totally fine. I can forward them on. (laughs) Um, You speak other languages, don't you? We won't say which ones to protect. I am very clever. (laughs) She's very clever. She's very creative. She's very on it. But yeah, I really hope it works out. And thank you so much for sharing your story. Oh my God, it has been actually really nice talking about it because I don't do that often. Yeah. And is there anything, just to finish off, is there anything you'd say to someone who's, you know, because you were saying earlier, you might become a divorce counsellor for people in similar situations. Is there anything you'd say to someone who's in a similar situation as you, or they're in a marriage that they want to get out of, but they feel like they have to stay for visa reasons? I would say we all have very different situations, of course, but really assess where your life is at and what what will happen if you do leave that marriage. As long as it does not have life-threatening consequences, which I'll tell you now, for many, many people it does, your happiness really matters. And when you stay in a relationship that isn't nourished by love it becomes poisonous and you will be damaging your mental health so seek help um talk to other people ask for advice just simply say i don't know what to do um and there will be people even if they don't know anything throw things around that will sort of like help you make up your mind make a decision Just be careful when you go online as well. There's a lot of people who try to exploit people like us who are going through something like it. They will try and charge you quite a lot of money to to get you divorced. But yeah, just be patient. Think slow, but keep thinking. Take it one step at a time. Great advice. Well, thank you so much for joining me on The Divorce Social. Thank you. That's my first. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's going to help a lot of people because it's a story that we haven't really covered before as well. So I I think thank you for your, your words and telling your story. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really nice. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oh, hi. Thank you for listening to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines. Please leave us a review. Please, please. Um, It would be super nice. They're lovely to read. They keep me cheery and happy and keep me going. Uh, But also it affects our listing in the podcast charts, uh, which are very important because that's how more people find the podcast. And I'd love to help more people get through those really tough heartbreak and divorce times. And they're more likely to find us if we're higher up on the charts. So if you'd like to leave a review, I'd love you forever. You can leave them on iTunes is the big one or most podcast platforms do them as well. I'll take all the reviews you've got to give. You can also uh, get in contact on Twitter and Instagram at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. We have a website, thedivorcesocial.com and we have a Patreon account, which means that you can support the podcast for as little as £2 a month and it helps me with all the admin costs. It also means you have access to our 90 style divorce and heartbreak chat room and there's lots of exclusives on there, little bits of audio that you don't get in the main podcast and some giveaways as well. So I'd love to see you over on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Samantha Baines and please leave a review. Did I say that already? Please leave a review. Love you forever.